Please take your Bibles this morning and turn to the book of Philippians. A little disclaimer here. I don't preach much about money around here. I just figure if you and I are right where God wants us. He's got everything. He just he don't need our money. Um, but I do forget there are a lot of people who trust Christ and who have not known the things of God from the Word of God. Uh, I was trained from a child to give. I, I've always trained to give to people, to give to the work of God. It's, it's in my DNA. Is it in your DNA, Ron? I mean, our parents just little nickels and dimes, and we got our first little job. We were taught to give 10% to God and taught to give to missionaries around the world. So it just runs in our blood to do that naturally. But I forget that people need to be taught the Word of God and what God hopes and, and expects from us. But we don't talk about that much around here. But if, you, uh, if you're in the Word, you're going to figure out there's a lot of things that God wants for your life. God bless you. Um, Philippians chapter 2. Um, I was, uh, let's see, it was um, Tricia Lee. George is holding Tricia Lee. Very intuitive young lady. She noticed right away what a wonderful pastor she has. <laughs> I was there talking to George, and she was just locked on me. She just smiling. I mean, you know, I remember uh, talking to George a couple of years ago and him wanting a family and wanting things like this, a beautiful wife and children. And he got it, boy. And he's up every night with it, amen? <laughs> amen. Listen, if we'll trust the Lord, Psalm 37, it says, he'll give you the desires of your heart. And that man's got the desire of his heart, and I'm happy for him. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1, of course. Philippi, one of the first churches that Paul established when he went there into Greece, uh, there in the book of Acts. It was a marvelous church. It was a wonderful church. There was a woman there that was a great woman he began that church with. There was a, a jailer who watched the prison. There were a lot of different people that made up of that church. And he writes back to them years later as they're uh, worshiping God. And he's challenging. He's writing them letters about the wonderful things that were going on there. But everything's never perfect in a church. It's never perfect anywhere in life. He says this to them. He says in verse 1, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels or affections, that word means there, and mercies, he says, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded. <laughs> He poured into his life into a lot of people, a lot of churches, and he liked when they got along with each other. He said, be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Father, pray you bless the scripture here today. I pray you, uh, you'd work in our midst. A lot of prayers have gone out. People here in our church that are sick, dear Lord. Uh, uh, Brother Leonard, who's in hospice. Mrs. Uh, Zook, who's up there in uh, Indiana on hospice, dear God. We've dedicated two little girls and a family to you, dear Lord. A lot going on in each of our lives. And I know that there's just broken people here people with troubles, 
Some people, it seems like everything's right in their life. But like the song that Lori just sang, if we would just make you be our all. If you're all that we need, I wouldn't even have to preach this morning. Wouldn't even have to open the scriptures. But I'm sorry to say in our lives, it's a struggle to keep you where we need to keep you, dear Lord. You answer all the questions. You, you help us through with grace all the problems, dear Lord. So I pray for folk. I pray for me and everyone here and everyone listening at home. And we get a hold of you for this service is over. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Today I want to talk about what Paul talks about here to this wonderful church. He talks about humility. Of course, the opposite of humility is pride. It's all about self. It's all about me. It's the I thing when we're talking, you know. Uh, pride um, is something that's natural, looking out for number one. It's that part of that sin nature that's our makeup. Um, uh, humility is unnatural. We need the nature of God to supersede in our lives, to do what he wants us to do. So we have something here today, you and I, that comes natural to us. It's our nature to look out for number one or, or look out for that little circle that we're in that makes our world go around and forget about others and not do for others and care for others. And God and Paul say here, not, not, not be that way. I'm so thankful uh, for the church because at least one hour out of 168 hours, I have to behave because <laughs> I'm right here in front of you. Uh, this sin nature, this thing that has to do with self, um, that goes against our nature, this, this, this command to... Be humble. In verse 4, it says it this way. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. That's unnatural. But God asks us to do it. If we could do it, it'd be a great world right now. Preached on the subject several Wednesday nights ago. Paul says in verse 1, look at what he says in verse 1. He says, he asks if there's any consolation found in Christ. Well, I'll tell you, buddy, if you can't find consolation in Christ, you're in trouble and I'm in trouble because there ain't no consolation anywhere else. God bless all the young people that haven't lived long enough to figure out that the governments of this world are not going to fix our problems. Only Christ one day when he rules and reigns on this earth will he fix the problems of this world. It's, it's incredible to me. He, says, he also says, look at this, but when the world fails us, I have consolation, I have peace in Christ for all, his, for all the hope I have in him and all the promise he's given to me. Yeah, but those are in the future. No, no, I look at his past promises and he's fulfilled every one of them. I can count on what he says. I can't even count. I've learned not to make promises too often. Because, boy, it'll kill you to keep them sometimes. Amen? Amen? God always keeps his promises. I have great comfort, great consolation when I think about Christ. He talks about love. I guess the greatest joy is to be found in love of all sorts. Uh, relationships of love. Uh, at the end of the day, um, love is where it's at. True, sincere love. Even that word in the age we live in has been perverted. But the love that this Bible talks about, the, the love that a man has for a woman, a love that men have for each other in friendships, 
the love that people and families, the, the love that the church ought to have for each other. That's what it's all about right there. God in his great love sent Jesus to die for us. He talks about fellowship in the spirit. The fellowship we have in the spirit of God together today. That we uh, all are trying to be led by the spirit of God, moving forward to do what God wants to do in our personal lives and our lives as a church. He talks, he refers to these things that he had with this church. He goes on, he goes on, he talks about bowels or affection. He talks about mercy amongst themselves. I, I was looking at these things that he refers to that they had together. I'm thinking, I pray that each of us have experienced those things. I pray when you come to church here, you feel a unity that we're doing the work of God, reaching out through missionaries, through different things, sharing the gospel, trying to fix homes, fix people, draw people to Christ. I sure hope you feel that, or you may not get what he's talking about this morning. If you don't have a love for someone else, if you've never exercised mercy and affection to someone else, I, I thought, oh my goodness, they might not understand what Paul was talking about. He refers to these things. I'm sorry to say I think many churches have not seen these things in a long time in their church. And they're ineffective churches. People go there, try them out for a while, and they go, nah, that wasn't what I was looking for. There's nothing different there. This is what he says here. He says, look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Boy, what a thing to try to do in our life. And I know I cannot do that thing without the help of God. It's against my nature. Take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 3 for a second. See, this problem that Paul talks about and this, this thing that he asks them to do has been the problem all along. The Bible looks so overwhelmingly complex, but I'm telling you, if you become a student of the Bible, it may take one year, two years, three years, five years, ten years, but one day... It'll click. It'll come together. It'll be so simple, so easy to understand, but you have to have that desire. Here in the beginning, it's, an, it's, an incredible, it's a perfect world without sin. There are no scars of sin on the face of this earth. There's no conflict between people. And here in the guard, now the serpent was more subtle or deceitful than any beast of the field. Stealthy, which the Lord had, God hath made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? That was the command of God. Man, they had everything. What do you, what do you offer to someone who has everything? Well, here it is right here. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know in the day that ye eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. I'm not going to get into that story, but they partook of the fruit. And you know what? Their eyes were open to sin. What do you offer to someone who has everything. It's amazing. The Bible says the eyes of the man of man are never satisfied 
or they're never fooled. See, if I'm, if I'm content with Christ, like the song said this morning, I don't need nothing else. You can't lay anything at my feet to pull me away from God. I got everything. I understand that I belong to God. I'm an heir and a joint heir with Christ forever. Everything that's his is mine. But Satan still offers me things. He says, are you unhappy, Daniel? Do you need a little bit more, Daniel? It's the same thing. It becomes about ourselves instead of everybody else. He says, you shall be as gods. I don't want to be as gods. Up to this point, the world is perfect. There is no sin. There is no death. It is perfect. But she decides and he decides not to trust God. What do you offer to someone who has everything? If you're everything, if you're content in Christ today, there's nothing that can be offered to you or me. But the problem is, I'm not sure that we're content in Christ today. That's why you have young people that are disobedient to parents. That's why you have marriages and homes where there is conflict and divorce. That's why. Because we're not content in our relationship with God Almighty. We have not matured to that level. And Satan and this world and our flesh is able to pull us away. It is really tough. It's why we have anemic churches. It's why we have governments that are driven by power instead of care for the people. Because we don't think on things of others more than the things of ourselves. The Bible in 1 John 2.16 calls it the pride of life. It's about self. But God says, Daniel, I want you to be humble. I want you to have humility. You know what humility is? <laughs> Do you want to be close to God today? Rhetorical question, but a real question. Do you want to be content? Is there something that you need in your life that you feel like you need to be happy and complete? I promise you. Just like Satan offered that to Eve, it's a lie. You will get it, and you will not be content, you will not be satisfied. You'll look for something else and something else and something else. I'll tell you what humility is. Humility, oh boy, I was sitting there when she, Lori was saying, I was thinking about this. Um, um, humility is when you want to be close to your family and you're sitting on Park Avenue in Winter Park, and your 17-year-old daughter meets you there at the Burger Fi. I didn't know what a Burger Fi was. The names people, the names places have today, the names churches have today. I know that I'm old because I don't get it. All right? Well, I'm sitting there at the Burger Fi, and, and my daughter's going, she's going, you know, Dad, if you, know, if you, could, if you could be, you know, if you could learn to be just a little more relaxed, if you could be just to learn to be a little less stressed out, it went on for a little while, you know the family might want to be around you more. But you know what? I wanted to be around the family more. So I humbled myself to a 17-year-old daughter who I'm supposed to have authority on. You understand? Because I wanted that. Do you want to be close to God today? Do we want to be close to God? Is he everything? Is he all that we need? Or I need this to be happy, Pastor, then you've been lied to also. And I've been lied to also. And I get this. 
But I look at the things in my life, and I go, boy, if I could just do that or get that, I'll be happier. It's all a lie even for the pastor. Mark says that this pride, Mark chapter 7 says this pride, what's this, comes from within. It's in all of us. It's our nature to care about self. It's unnatural for us to care about others more than we care about ourselves. But that's what God asks us to do. You know, there's been times in my life I go, oh, I don't know what to preach. This week was like, oh, which one of these do I preach? And humility is what God gave me this morning. This pride, this selfishness, this self-centeredness comes from within, the Bible says. Even the book of 1 Timothy, I was talking to someone recently. It says that a pastor should not be a novice. He shouldn't be a rookie, lest he be lifted up with pride, the Bible says. Even the people we pick to be pastors have to be aware of these things. Take your Bible, turn to Daniel chapter 4. I got all kinds of verses, and I got so little time, amen? <laughs> Daniel chapter 4. Thought I had it marked, but I don't. Here it is. I want, to, I want you to read about one of the great kings of the history of mankind. His name was Nebuchadnezzar. He built an incredible kingdom. It's taught in classes today, in universities. This man's talked about. Verse 1, it says, Nebuchadnezzar the king. Verse 4. Chapter 4 of Daniel, uh, verse 1, Nebuchadnezzar the king, unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell on the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I'm trying to think here where I want to go here. Look over, look over in verse 28 now. There's Nebuchadnezzar. We know who he is. I don't have time to read all this, but I know you all go and read, follow up on me after church. I know you do. I know you do. I pray you do. I think you do. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar, verse 28. Verse 30, it says, the king spake. Here's the king who built this incredible kingdom that the universities still talk about today. The hanging gardens of Babylon. Babylon was incredible. It says here in verse 30, the king spake and said, is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by, by the might of my power? And for the honor of my majesty, humble fellow, amen. Yeah. Look at verse 31. While the word was yet in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. Look at verse 33. It said, the same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men. He did eat grass as oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. Look at verse, if you would please, verse, where is it? Verse 37. He went crazy. But after he had his mind back, listen to this. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. All whose works are truth and his ways, judgments, and those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. Listen, man, we can voluntarily, I can voluntarily humble myself to God and care about the things of other people more than I care about myself. 
or he'll humble and base me one day. It's going to happen. The Bible says in Philippians, where we're reading today, it says one day that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I just like to do it on this side of heaven and get that freeness of salvation. Maybe you're here today watching on live stream. Maybe you're here and you've never received Christ as your Savior. One day, every knee shall bow. One day, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of everything that he is the creator, that he is the savior. The atheist will confess that he is the Lord of the universe. The agnostic will say he is the one who had the power to create and contain everything. One day that will happen. It's going to happen. But God, through our free will, wants us to receive. He wants us to be like him. One day, the Bible says the greatest is the servant of all goes against our nature, doesn't it? Because I have a sin nature. And I need the help of God to do what he wants me to do. Even the Apostle Paul, the great theologian, the great Pharisee of his day, who sat at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the great Pharisees of all time, he said these words in Galatians, but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what I got to brag about? That I've trusted Christ as my Savior. You know what I got to brag about? That I belong to Him. You know what I got to brag about? That He lets me represent Him as one of His dear children. That's what I got to brag about. Nothing powerful about today. This today's message. Turn back to Philippians and we'll close there. Just this thing called humility. Instead of self, it's about others. We're here in this month of stewardship. What God has given to us, we have nothing to glory about. Again, if, if you're big and strong, thank God. If you're smart, thank God. If you're good looking like <laughs> Brother Newby, thank God. <laughs> See, I'm working on that humility already, amen? I want you to laugh, but I pray we don't miss this. The reason we have disobedient children, because it's about self. The reason we have conflict in marriages, because it's about self. The reason we have divorce is because it's about self. The reason we have weak, anemic, powerless churches <clears throat> that unbelievers are not drawn to Christ because of churches that lack humility and serving and loving people. They're all over our city. This, there's enough churches. This whole city should have come to Christ ten times over. But we don't have the power of God in our churches. And again, God bless our governments. They ain't going to fix nothing. Because they care more about their power more than they care about themselves. And there are exceptions. God bless those who are exceptions. God bless them as they fight that battle to overcome the foolishness that goes on in our government. We live in an age you can't hardly avoid that. Look at verse 5. So this is what God, through the Apostle Paul, asked this church to do. And it's recorded in Scripture. So many things could be written in Scripture, but God chose to write this in Scripture. So I guess it's for us today. Mercy, he says in verse 1. 
He says affection in verse 1. Consolation or comfort in verse 1. But look, he says, he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He gives an example. Who, being in the form of God, <laughs> Jesus is God. Do you understand that? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were created by Him. Everything in heaven, everything in earth, and the Bible says everything underneath the earth was created by Him. Jesus is God. I always like getting that in there. Amen? Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But here's what He did. He made Himself. I underline these words. You might want to do this in your Bible. He made himself of no reputation. I'm bringing it all together right here. You know what that's saying? I ain't nobody. I ain't nobody important. No matter what role God has called me to play, a mother, a father, a preacher, a plumber, an electrician, it doesn't matter. No reputation. You can't hurt people that don't have no reputation, Amen. I'm just a dirty old sinner that deserves to go to hell that Jesus redeemed on the cross of Calvary. Have you prayed and asked Jesus to redeem you from your sins? Have you ever confessed to him that you're a sinner and asked him to be your Savior with all your heart? That's all he has to do. You know what I did that day when I asked Jesus to save me in that field? I humbled myself to him. I said, God, I need you I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I can't do this. I know there's no good work in me. The best I got is trash to you. I humbled myself. You know what Paul and God are asking us today? Just to keep humbling ourselves every day. Be of no reputation. He goes on and says, And took upon him, Jesus that is, the form of a servant. Do you want to be a servant today? Come on now. Ain't no one wants to be a servant. Someone took me to an uh, exhibit downtown last night. It was uh, the, all these artifacts from Pompeii. That city got covered by the volcano over there in Italy. It's neat. I was looking it up. It's right at the same time that the Apostle Paul, an earthquake and all this stuff, the Apostle would have been in Rome. He'd been taken there as a slave. Did you know most of the world was slaves at that time? Do you know all over this world people live in tyranny and slavery all over this world? That's what happens when people think on themselves instead of the things of others. That's what you get. Boy, if we just all do it, God. And the thing is, the Lord Jesus, what he asked us to do, he did before us. He's never asked you or me to do anything that he did not do himself. And I promise you to a greater degree, took on the took on the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in a, a fashion as a man, he, he what? He humbled himself. He humbled himself and became what? Obedient. Humility is always followed by obedience. That's why you have young people who are disobedient to parents. It's why you have Marriages where there are conflicts because there's not humility. 
There is not obedience to God. It's pretty simple stuff, folks. I am nobody, and Christ is everything. If I glory, I glory in the cross is where I glory. I'm wrapping it up here, amen. Man, they're quiet this morning. This is either really a bad message or it's something we need to hear. And I want to tell you what, being obedient and being humble happens at the most inconvenient times in your life. Where's Brother Fields? Brother Fields here today, there he is. Let me raise your hand, Brother Fields, let me see you. He, he, this man listens to my messages. He listens to my messages. I don't do it much now. I go to the Y now, but I used to ride my bike through the neighborhood, a big old track. When I'm riding my bike, I don't want to talk to nobody. It's all about Daniel. I'm working on my cardio. I don't want to talk to, I'm talking to God a lot. But invariably, I know so many people in this neighborhood. Pastor Green, oh, you have just a minute. I've lost my pump now, amen, my car. And, and I, I would find, and I, I remember one time I'm, I'm driving, and I pass this little lady on the street, and she's in a wheelchair. And God says, aren't you going to stop and talk to her? I'm going, God, I'm, I'm doing my cardio here, man. This is me time. This is about me. So I turn around. I talk to that little lady about the Lord Jesus. You know what God was saying? She may not have another week to live. You probably ought to put yourself aside and think on others more than you think of yourself. But God you, in the flesh argues. Self argues. But God, them, them ladies at church shoving all this bad food on me. If I don't do my cardio, I'm not going to be here to minister. That's how a preacher thinks. Brother Fields used to ride his bike and walk. He'd just wave. Keep going, pastor. Just keep going. He's the only one that cared about the pastor, amen. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. The flesh fights against that nature God wants to implant in us to care about other people. Everything I have, everything that I am, is because of Christ. Everything. Make no mistake here. What this is talking about here in Philippians, he's talking about these believers being unified and having the mind or the thinking of Christ and moving forward and doing a great work. It won't happen. It won't happen if we don't put self aside. If we don't think on things of others more than the things of ourselves. And I'm telling you, that goes against our nature. But I'm telling you, God's word says if we do, he will exalt us in due season. I'm just telling you. Man, that's a principle I need to have to work on every day of my life. God bless you all as we try to serve God from this church. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the folks that are here today and all the folk at home watching from live stream. Dear God, I know what you've written in your word and what I preach to our church today is absolutely impossible from within ourselves. I do not have the power to deny my flesh and myself and my wants and my needs and put myself below other people. Oh, dear God, I need your help every day. It is the most inconvenient thing for my flesh to care about other people more than I care about myself. 
to care about that little circle of people that affect my world and just push the rest of the world away like they're not important, like they don't even exist, and like you don't even care about them, dear Lord. Oh, dear God, may we implement humility in our lives in every little area and watch the conflicts disappear. Watch the disobedience. It's not disobedience to each other. It's disobedience to you, dear God. We don't even have our thinking right. We think we're offending others. We're offending your holiness and righteousness. Oh, dear God, teach us something here today. And I believe when we do what you say, you're going to bring peace and joy. Just like in verse 1, you're going to bring consolation into our lives. We're going to have affection for people instead of hatred for people. We're going to have mercy for people, dear God. We're going to have the Spirit of God flowing in our lives, and we're working together one unit, no one being exalted except you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, and as always, no one looking around as I close the service today. Just want to pray for folk again. Didn't preach much about the gospel today because I, I think the church, church here, the church at home, we need to examine our lives and see if we're being if we're following the example of our Savior, our Creator, the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you here today and you say, Pastor, I know that I'm saved. I know and I believe that Jesus died for me and I'm trusting in Him and nothing alone. I humbled myself to Christ and called upon His name to save me. I know I'm doing that. I've done that. But I, I want to do that every day of my life. Pastors, we're closing. Would you pray for me in that area or another area? You need, you need prayer this morning. Brother or sister, raise your hand. Every head bowed, every head closed. As I scanned the audience, looked at raised hands throughout the auditorium. God bless your dear hearts. Put all those hands down. Thank you so much. One other, one other question. If you were to die today, are you sure you're trusting Christ as your Savior? You say, Pastor Green, I've never done that. I've heard that story, but I personally have never confessed to God that I'm a sinner and called out to Jesus for my salvation. But I want to do that today, Pastor. I want to do that. As you're praying for all these people, would you pray for me? No one looking around, if you'd like me to pray for you. You want to trust Christ as your Savior today. A hand right here. God bless you, sir. You put that hand down. Anybody else? I don't want to miss anybody. I hand over here. God bless you so much. I see it in the back. Maybe someone at home sitting there on your sofa watching on live stream. Would you be willing to call upon the name of Christ to forgive you and save you today? I pray so. Our Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now who raise their hands, and I don't know why they raise their hands, but I pray for them. I lift them up to you. Whatever their need, whatever their desire is today, I pray you'd help them perform it. Dear God, I've raised my hand so many times. I pray and ask you to start over and walking with you so many times in my life. And I imagine, God, I'm going to do it a lot more times in my life. But that's what you want. Because I'm weak and you're strong and I need you every day of my life. I pray for my brothers and sisters. Help them, oh God, whatever the need is in their life right now. And God, I pray for those who raise their hands or maybe those who are at home who need Jesus Christ. 
right now where they're sitting, would they just say this prayer with all their heart? Oh God, I know that I'm a sinner. But God, I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. And with all my heart, I ask Jesus, your son, to forgive me and to save me. Dear God, I pray with all their heart they would pray that prayer and humble themselves to you right now. Father, I pray you bless this time of singing, this opportunity to make a decision for you. We're going to leave this place out in the dirty old broken world, dear God. It's going to be hard to be humble. It's going to be hard to live for you. Oh, dear God, we need your help. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand, please, as we close today's service? Thank you for being here today. But I pray if God spoke in your heart, you'd leave here right with him, that you lay at the altar. Well, you need to lay at the altar today. I'm going to leave this place and try to be a humble preacher. I'm going to try to look on things of others more than the things of myself. Boy, I need the help of God. As we sing, I invite you to come pray at the altar. There are pastors waiting at the front if you need help. If you need to understand something, we're here for you. God bless you as we sing right now.